Lesson 9 is Commitment. A couple quotes that reflect this lesson are Mark 10, verses 8 and 9, which says, And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, It is not your love that sustains the marriage, but from now on, the marriage that sustains your love. Much of life operates under guidelines of contracts. You pay something and expect a return. You work and expect to be rewarded. You give and expect to get. These ideas can easily drift into marriage. You love and expect to be loved. Sacrifice and expect sacrifice in return. Try to please your spouse and expect your spouse to do the same. In a contractual view of marriage, you do your part until someone doesn't live up to the agreement. Then the deal is off. But true love isn't like this. Christ-like love is a commitment to love sacrificially, even when the other person doesn't love in return. This is how God loves you, and how He wants you to commit to sacrificially love your spouse. God's Example of Commitment God's unchangeable commitments are called covenants. A covenant is defined as a formal, solemn, and binding agreement. Throughout the Bible, God makes and keeps these covenants with His people, not because of anything they've done to deserve them, and often despite their rebellious actions. For example, Jesus offered you a new covenant by faith through His death on the cross while you were an enemy. Romans 5 verse 10 says, For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. Since God keeps His covenants, remaining faithful to His commitments in all seasons, He wants you to keep commitments too, especially your marriage covenant with your spouse. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13 says, If we are faithless, God remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. Once, when Israel, God's chosen nation, was being judged by God, they asked Him what they had done wrong. God answered in Malachi 2 verse 14, which says, Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. God was angry with Israel because he was keeping a covenant he had made to his people, but they weren't keeping the covenants they had made to their spouses. Covenants are serious, and when we keep them, we love like God loves. Take a moment to answer these questions. Question 1. Do you respond to God more like you are under a contract with God, or that He has made a covenant with you? Give an example. Question 2. Does your marriage operate more like a contract or a covenant relationship? Explain. Commitment in Action A commitment to unbreakable love in marriage is a conscious decision regardless of your feelings, your spouse's responses to you, past pain, or fear of the future. It is being dedicated to do what is in the long-term best interest of your spouse even when it is difficult. It is recalling the marriage covenant you made when others tell you to quit. It is choosing to not dwell on what it would be like to be married to someone else or to not be married at all. You will need God's help to keep your marriage covenant. 
At your wedding, you may have said your vows to each other before friends, family, and a wedding officiant. But you also said your vows before God, whether you invited him or not. God wants you and your spouse to experience this covenant love in your marriage. Thankfully, God will provide the love you need to love your spouse this way when you keep your covenant to your spouse as God has kept his covenant with you. This type of commitment will affect how you honor and relate to your spouse in many ways. Here are a few examples. Never mentioning divorce and continually reminding your spouse of your love and plans to remain married. Not saying things that would damage the long-term view of your marriage and making plans together for the future. Not becoming close friends with anyone of the opposite sex and routinely working on your friendship with your spouse. Not flirting or filling emotional needs with anyone else, but bravely sharing your feelings and desires with your spouse. Not reconnecting with old romantic interests while committing to romantically pursue your spouse. Investing in your marriage daily because you plan to be married until you die. Locking the doors. Marriage can be like standing with your spouse in a room that has several open doors. One door you could walk through is divorce. Another door is staying busy with work, friends, or activities instead of dealing with marriage issues. Yet another is settling to simply live as undivorced roommates. A marriage covenant is shutting and locking all doors and telling your spouse that you won't become indifferent or focus elsewhere, that you will love through your challenges together no matter what. By taking away all other options, you will be freer to love your spouse. Answer this question. Question 3. What doors are open or still unlocked in your marriage? What do you need to do to shut and lock them? Contract or commitment? You have a choice. You can view your marriage as a contract, only doing your part if your spouse keeps up his or her end of the bargain. Or you can commit to unconditionally love your spouse the way God commits to you. When you commit unconditionally, locking all the doors, you will be amazed at how you can work through struggles, handle difficult seasons, and experience new levels of intimacy in your relationship. The security of knowing that you will share a lifetime together frees you to love more deeply and let yourself be more fully known, not just in good times, but through mistakes and hardships as well. Don't spend energy tracking who is keeping up his or her end of the bargain or wondering what life would be like if you weren't married to your spouse. Instead, invest all your effort into the marriage God has provided for you. He will help you cherish each other and honor the vows you made before him long ago. Here are three action items that go along with this lesson. 1. Before coming to group, discuss your answers with your spouse. 2. Set aside time this week to watch your wedding video or look at wedding pictures and review your marriage vows. Then, read Mark 10, verses 2 to 12. Write down what you think it means that God joins a husband and wife together and why it matters. 3. Ask someone who knows you well and will be honest to share with you the things you do or don't do that work against your marriage. Listen without being defensive. Write down what is said and thank that person. Then, Ask God to change you. Next to each item, write one change you'll make to work toward marriage oneness. The prayer of the week is, God, 
Thank you for making and keeping your covenant with me. Help me to keep my covenant with my spouse. The truth about marriage. One lie we believe is, I married the wrong person. My soulmate is still out there. But the truth is, at some point, almost everyone will wonder if they married the wrong person. But you have not missed God's will. It is His will that you stay married to your spouse. You made vows, and God joined you together. Read Mark 10, verses 6 to 9. Rather than wasting time wondering what it would be like to be married to another, recall your vows before God and that He joined you two as one. Then look for ways to actively invest in your marriage. The more you invest in your marriage, the less you will wonder what it might be like with another. For additional resources on this lesson, see reengage.org commitment.